Episode 42, Forget the Dog and Pony Show. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hi, elite educators. This is Gretchen from Always a Lesson. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, this podcast is for you. I'm here to empower you to reach your potential, and I refer to you as elite because only an elite educator would take time to invest in themselves, like listening to a podcast like this to help hone their craft. So I first want to start by thanking you all for tuning in each week. Each of your wonderful reviews on iTunes put a smile on my face and remind me of the hard work you all are putting in each and every day in the classroom and in and around the school building. If you enjoy the show, help me by subscribing and leaving a rating with a review. This tells iTunes to keep pushing out the show, which helps more and more teachers each day. Thanks to Freelance Lance for his review entitled, Help for One of the Toughest Jobs. He says, teaching is one of the toughest jobs there is, and I applaud Gretchen for her effort to help make it easier and more effective for those brave and brilliant folks that take the plunge. Well, I don't know if it's easier, but I am hopeful that there's a solution or, you know, a simple tweak or approach to implement immediately. And in fact, my good friend, Melissa Emler, she always talks about head, hearts, and hands. That really helps me formulate my podcast episodes. So the head part is just making sense. The heart part is striking a chord with the audience and the hands is that actionable step. If you think that's great advice, go check her out. Her podcast is on the vendor floor and her website is melissaemler.com. Thanks so much, Lance, for your thoughtful review. And I agree that those that are teaching right now are brave and they are brilliant. Well, today I want to help you reignite your passion and potential by talking about the daunting myth of putting on a dog and pony show just to keep your job. This podcast is going to set you free from the stress and the anxiety so you can do you and be okay with it. So hang on, this is going to be one empowering ride. I want to tell you something. Some of the best teachers are the most simple of teachers. So why does more equal being better? And I really realized it doesn't mean that because a teacher is doing something complex every moment of the instructional time period that they're a better person or that they're a better educator. I mean, don't we look at athletes and we think to ourselves, God, they're amazing, you know, because they caught the ball or they shot the ball or they kicked the ball. I mean, it's excellence in the simple things. Like, yeah, some of the cool flair stuff is amazing, but the simple act of catching or kicking or shooting is really what we're celebrating. It's that accuracy, that excellence. And, you know, as I was mentioning, flair just... You cannot put on a three-ring circus every moment. It's unrealistic. It's not even expected of you. So why do you think you need to do it? And I'm kind of talking to myself because 
the whole reason this episode came to be is a moment in my teaching career where I fell to the floor, exhausted at the end of the day, looked around my classroom, utter mayhem of like 45 centers that had been going on, and I thought to myself, why am I doing this? Why do I feel I have to in order to receive praise, in order to keep my job, in order to get a good rating on an evaluation? But you know, we celebrate athletes that do the simple things, and some of my favorite songs are just the simple melodies. They have simple messages. They use simple instruments. Sometimes all that other stuff just clouds a good thing. And I've realized that there's strength in what's simple, and excellence is found in what is simple. So when I taught fifth grade, I was teaching only science, and students would come in and out of my room, all the fifth grade classes, and have the same science lesson, at least the same topic, of course, differentiated for the group that I had, but it was student overload. We didn't have enough teachers to teach all these students, so we had, you know, 27 at least, sometimes in the 30s. Students in one room at a time, I just felt like I had a sea of desks. We had so many standards. Science was not really pushed in the elementary level. So when they got to fifth grade, science had a huge test in order for them to pass and go on to middle school. Well, the fact that I had to kind of reteach kindergarten through fourth grade science because, well, we didn't have time to teach it or we incorporated it when we could and once we got rid of a science block for K-4 and, and just tried to implement it into literacy, that's really where the gap started to widen for me. And I just felt like it was so much happening. And I had this bell system and the classes would come in and out and then they'd rotate in these centers. And it was so exhausting. And I one day, like I said, I just said to myself, why? Why are you doing everything? You know, I thought, okay, I can just do everything I think I'm supposed to do. But I was doing it all at one time. <laughs> and it's like, no, sometimes an actor has to be really emotional. And other times they have to not show any emotions at all. But you can't do both at the same time. And the same is true of a teacher. I mean, you can't pull out every trick and use them all at once. I mean, that would just be awful. That's like a fireworks show where you just throw them all off at one time, use all your best stuff, and it would be exhausting to put on that kind of show. But it's that slow buildup of, of the simple things, and then you can end with a big bang. And I was realizing it's okay to pull out all the stops every once in a while and have that big bang lesson, but it can't be every day for the mere point of a teacher's exhaustion. The students should be the ones that are tired, not the teacher. And I felt like they walked out happy, kicking, screaming, whatever, but they weren't tired. I was laying on that floor that day in that classroom exhausted. I couldn't, couldn't do it anymore, and I came to the point where I thought, well, if I go back to teaching the simple way and I get fired, at least I know that I was true to myself because I cannot live a healthy, balanced life doing this. I mean, I was meeting my colleagues who taught different subjects but still fifth grade on Saturday, and we would plan all day long to the point that we tried to make it fun. We played cool music. We ordered pizzas. We just brought tons of curriculum. I mean... My colleague's dining room table was just full of books and papers and folders, everything to just help us plan and just typing on our computers, trying to make this planning event fun. And 
know it wasn't required of us, but how could we run this three ring circus with all these classes coming in and out and all this pressure that these fifth graders have to pass to move on to middle school? We don't have room to keep them. And by the way, they've never really learned all this stuff. So it was just a lot of pressure. And I was doing everything I could to try and piece together some curriculum from 45 different books of what great science instruction looks like. And it's like, why am I spending my Saturday doing this? And then Sunday I had to practice and, and think through and, and say, okay, I planned now what the heck does this look like and get myself ready so Monday I could begin the circus all over again. But I want you to know that you, you can forget the dog and pony show and still be an effective teacher. You can strip away the bells and the whistles, strip away the extras, strip away the baton, just go back to the basics. And just because, you know, small group instruction and differentiation is the latest piece of gold to just being an effective teacher, it doesn't mean it's the only way. And it doesn't mean that every moment of every class needs to have that. There's a time for direct instruction. There's a time for whole group instruction. There's a time for taking notes. I mean, these things are essential. Do I want you to do that for 90 minutes? No. But I don't want you to start thinking that it's the nemesis. And God forbid if an administrator walked in and saw students sitting in desks looking at the teacher talking that you would be fired. I mean, sometimes it's the only way to really convey a strong message. It just doesn't need to be the entire block. So what really matters here? Well, that's student learning. And how do we do that? Well, you just teach the content. And when you're worried about what the content is, just look at the standards. Instead of me flipping through tons of books and trying to piece something together, I wish I would have just looked at the standards, kept it simple, gone deep on those particular topics instead of looking at all these exciting lessons in these other books thinking, oh, that relates, I could do that, and just feeling overwhelmed, even though it could have potentially aligned, I could have really looked at the standard and said, how would I teach this and really rely on my own experience and my own knowledge to create a better lesson rather than trying to find something someone has once done, thinking I'm saving myself time, thinking this is an effective educator, I'm going to be golden here, but I forgot to rely on myself. And nowhere does it say that a teacher has to stand on her head or sing a chorus or juggle manipulatives or, you know, just deliver an earth-shattering truth. I mean, it also doesn't say that you have to sit in rows and talk at them for 90 minutes, like I was saying, but it also doesn't say how a classroom should look. So take a breather and realize that you can really formulate your classroom to look and feel however you feel is necessary. And the blessing of being a teacher coach, this is what really set me free and helped me realize some of the pain I was going through before really was unnecessary. I wish someone had told me, you're a great teacher, just do you. It's going to look different than the person next to you. You don't have to have all these centers. I remember I was teaching second grade one year and the girl across the hall, she was a good friend of mine at the time, and she had kids in these centers with all these materials the entire day. And an elementary school day, that's ours. And every time I looked over there, it was just like kids in these groups and they were working and I never saw her teach. And she just floated around and she helped students. And I just thought, wow, that's probably a really fun classroom to be in. And then I looked at my kids all organized and doing their work. And sometimes they talked, sometimes they were in centers. But for the most part, it was really just calm and quiet. And they were learning. And, and then I looked at hers and it was chaos. But they looked like they were learning and it looked fun. And 
that was really detrimental to me because it was like, do I start trying to be like her or do I just be a really good me? And what I'm looking at right now may not be my best me, but it's me. So how do I take the good parts and how do I change the bad parts? And how do I just elevate my own game without trying to be this other thing? And so in the fifth grade science example, it was a lot of pressure from administration that you have to have different worksheets for every kid. They've, they've got to be on their level and they have to be moving through these different centers on these different standards. And this is what it has to be. And it was like just that desperation for the test scores to, to be good that it just broke me. And I just threw good teaching out of the window and I went into survival mode and said, worksheets, differentiated centers, go. <laughs> and I just became my worst me. But being a teacher coach, I get to go into all these classrooms and and see the different teacher personalities and how you can be effective and be totally different. It could be silence and students could be running the classroom or it could be chaos and students roaming around, but both the students are learning and it is effective. And I thought when I saw that the other day, I was like, that is me and that is that second grade teacher and that's okay. And There's great things about both of them, and they have things to learn from one another, but they don't need to be one another. So I want you to try an experiment. I want you to pick one day next week, and you're going to go simple. So what is the standard that you're going to be teaching? Go ahead and script out your teaching points for that. So just what's the most important thing that students need to know today? I want you to work backwards from that outcome to your introduction. Just forget materials, forget technology, forget centers, forget bells, forget music. Just Strip it all away. Script in your questioning because that is really the magic. That is what sends kids up the ladder of Bloom's taxonomy. That is magic, folks. So with just your words and your knowledge, you can kick butt on this lesson without any of the frills. It's all in the way you present it, how confident and accurate you are in delivering your information to your students, but then also the way that you're asking them to think, and that comes through the questioning. It doesn't have to be worksheets. It doesn't have to be activities. It could just be dialogue. So kids could just end up needing a pencil and a notebook for that lesson. Strip the luxuries away. Get back to the basics. If you can't just teach, you're going to struggle getting your kids to learn. So it might look like you bring the kids to a certain area for a mini lesson. That's where you're going to deliver those teaching points. You're going to model, 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 send them off to groups to work or to collaborate or to discuss, and then bring them back in the middle just for some announcements, some pointers, give them some feedback, and then they can go to work alone and have some sort of exit ticket at the end so that you can really assess what they learned that day. That's it. And I know that may sound really boring, but... And and I know that the prep for this lesson would be really simple, but the thinking is what we're after. It's not that the kids have 45 activities and they're switching areas of the room every seven minutes, but it's are they deeply engaged in rigorous content and are they able to demonstrate that learning? That is it. That is all you need to do. So if you feel like you aren't talking much, then students are probably doing the work and that is the bread and the butter. What I want you to do after this very, very simple lesson, I want you to reflect. So what went well? What do you need to tweak? So maybe you realize that was super boring. And it's going to be an adjustment from, especially if you have a classroom that was really lively before. And maybe you adjust and you add a little flair for the next lesson, but still keep it simple. 
And because you stripped everything away, you know, adding a few things here and there is not going to harm you. It, it's still going to be basic, but you're still making sure it's engaging, it's authentic, and it's enriching their learning experience. A quick service announcement for you. Kids don't need to be entertained to learn. I'm going to say that again. Kids don't need to be entertained to learn. And I know our society thinks so, and we spend tons of money making sure kids find lessons fun and motivating. And I'm really sorry if you're a teacher who just is all on Pinterest and everything's so cutesy and you spend hours trying to have these lessons, but you don't need to do that. If you enjoy it, go ahead. But there are some of us who it's pretty much the death of us. <laughs> and I was one of those people. But we don't need to overkill. Kids that go to college or into the workforce and they expect like concerts and breaks and lights, camera, action, they're just going to be so ill-equipped to think. I mean, higher education is all about the thinking so that we can create and we can produce, but you can't create and produce without the discipline of thinking. And sometimes that requires peace and quiet and stability and guess what? Simplicity. And so we have to remember in order to prepare them, our three ring circus, although is fun in the moment and really engaging and helping them learn, if we keep that up every moment of every day in the classroom, we are actually making things worse for them because that is their expectation of what a classroom is. That is their expectation of what learning should be. And to be honest, that's just dessert. That is what it, learning can be sometimes. That's when learning is its funnest. But it's not what real learning is like. Life isn't going to have all the flair, all the sparks. So that's what I worry about when you're in this classroom that the teacher's pulling out all the stops all the time, whether they like it or whether they feel forced to, is it's unrealistic. It's an unrealistic learning environment and setting them up for failure. And I'm not saying never have fun. I mean, never play a video, never use music, never have stations, never have high energy. What I am saying, though, is you don't have to do that for every lesson every day to be a great teacher. Believe it or not, administration knows that if your kids can produce high-quality work that demonstrates their understanding of whatever standard you were teaching, I mean, regardless of how simple the lesson was, you are an asset to that school. Administration knows that. If the kids are learning what they're supposed to be learning and are demonstrating that learning, regardless of how you taught it, you are an asset. And they should really appreciate you and remind you that they are thankful you are the way you are, even though it might be different, even though it might be simple. As long as kids are learning, that's really your only job is to teach. It's not to entertain. That was not why you were hired. It is not why you signed on the dotted line. Some of us are pretty entertaining people, but that's not our main purpose. And it's not a competition for who can be the coolest teacher with the most technology or the most colors or the most bullying in our lessons. Just break down difficult material into bite-sized chunks, serve it up to students to taste and to work with, and then see what they can do with their new knowledge. Boom! That's teaching. And 21st century learning is just one small aspect of teaching. Differentiation is one aspect of teaching. Technology is one aspect of teaching. None of these things rule the roost. So if you find yourself out of balance, go back to the basics. And I think you're going to fall in love with simpler times. You have more room and space to be creative, to make students fall in love with learning by doing the hard work of thinking. 
your worth, your effectiveness is not measured by how many groups you saw in one lesson or how many rotations students completed in centers or how long you stayed outside or how many technological components you incorporated. It's all about how many students achieved a new skill. That is the data that counts. So go ahead, take this risk, stop the shenanigans, stop the circus, stop the dog and pony show. You are more than that and your kids deserve your best. Bring your A game with your mind and your teaching talent, not things you can use to entertain. They are not an audience. They are learners doing the work. And it's going to be culture shock for your students, for yourself, and maybe even those that are observing you. But change is always uncomfortable, so don't judge this change too quickly. Give it some time as you figure out just how basic you can go while you increase your effectiveness. It's calibration time. So go into problem-solving mode, trial and error. Put your kids first by putting the need for quality education in the forefront of every decision that you make. And make the rest of this year a series of moments of your best work. You're laying the foundation for good habits and sending a message to staff and students about what really matters in education. And spoiler alert, it's not the flair. Strip it away and rise up. You're an educator, a fantastic educator. Your skill is measured in the simplicity of structure and delivery. You make it look easy, they're going to say. So please, take the experiment seriously, strip it all away, forget the dog and pony show, and allow your best self to come through. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on being an effective teacher through simple instruction. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. podcast is sponsored by the Educators Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to EduPodcast.com. Network.com for more details.